0: The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Call me
1: Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin.
0: And I am Eric Deutsch.
1: And we welcome back Philip from the Ramones of the Day podcast.
2: Hello again. Hello. Welcome back to prison. Thanks. It's going great.
1: (laughs) You seem to be doing really well, actually. You know,
2: I tried. I tried. First rule, make friends. Second rule, don't trust those friends.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I'm really glad to be here
1: Well, welcome back And this minute picks back up with Hauk Having a contemplative smoke and looking out over Manhattan Island uh, We get some more shirtless snake and some weirdos watching him in this minute And we get some more people who like to casually run from point A to point B And the <laughs> minute wraps up with the Duke trying, to, <laughs> trying out his newly acquired firearm for some target practice So,
2: first of all, shirtless snake and the weirdos make that band happen <laughs>
1: Oh my God, how good.
2: Shirtless Snake and the Weirdos. That's good. And second, guys who like running from point A to point B is like, that's half this cast.
1: It really is. I know there's more of them.
2: To be fair, these guys are great at it.
1: They are. They are. (laughs) Guys are great. I mean, and they probably had to do it a bunch of times for the shot. So they're probably got really great cardiovascular health. You know <laughs> every step counts, surely does, yeah,
0: yeah, so um what uh <laughs> what we're referring <laughs> to is that we after snake wakes up and uh after we finish Hauk's contemplative shot, and turns out we don't see the person carrying the crossbow. bow oh, by the way, in this minute that I said in yesterday's minute, so <sighs> I know we see him at some point, so maybe that's tomorrow's minute, um but it's not today, but guy in red bandana uh, walks very stiffly away from snake after he wakes up and then we cut to a shot of brain and maggie walking towards a giant hall and yeah there's about five random people just running in the opposite direction we have no idea why they're running we don't know where they're running to we never see them again it just just they're just there
2: it just put motion in the frame you know just just filled it with a little bit of action cuz otherwise you were watching two n- normal characters walking somewhere and you're like oh okay but if but around <laughs> in escape from new york there's either a good reason to run from something or well i guess there's always a good reason you're either running from something terrible or you are the terrible thing that just like scurries around everyone's mm. become like rat people so yeah i i i just took it as just like just filling, a, filling the frame with interesting things, even if it's just shadowy figures running.
0: Yeah, and other than these random people running, the bulk of the action is going to takes place in the last 20 seconds after Brain and Maggie get to where Duke and some of his minions are, are sitting here on this two-sided bench. And I, I first of all, I want to call out at second 42, as we first cut to this shot, there is a guy right in front of the camera and he is pulling on something. Yes! And I don't know <laughs> what the hell is going on with this guy, because he's only on the screen for about a second and a half so, and he's just really yanking on something. I just so, don't know what it is.
2: So, I noticed that same thing and I feel like the guys who ran in the earlier shot are like your A-plus, just side action things, and these guys got the short end of the stick. Because it looks <laughs> like, it looked like for a second he was doing a tug of war on maybe like a belt or something you know it's like something that they stole and another guy is fighting him over it but it it looks like a kind of half-hearted fight if that's even what it is it's just them kind of going and then they're gone
0: right because we don't even see who is on the other side of whatever it is he's pulling no and it kind of almost looks like it's maybe an unraveled boot or something. I mean, I just, I don't even know what the hell it is.
2: It looks kind of leathery, right? That's yeah. what I thought. But yeah, it, that could be anything. I thought of a belt. It could be a boot. It could be part of a jacket. It could be a holster.
1: Any theories there, Molly? You know, I thought maybe it was a sheath for a knife at first
2: that <laughs> it's him it's him trying to get the knife out of the sheath yeah like one guy's pulling and
0: he's like
1: Just, i can't well if you you know what he really looks like he
0: looks like when you see someone in a movie trying to pull on like a horse's rein to get the horse to move or something sure. like that. you know oh, yeah. yeah now i know there's no horses so i know that's not what's on the other <laughs> side of this but that's like the, the motion that he's doing and making no headway that's that's what it reminds me of
2: if it were a video game, this would be the character that like get, got caught in the corner.
0: <laughs> and I was just like, oh doing a repetitive
2: motion. <laughs> so he's like, eh, eh, eh. It's like, you're supposed to be driving that car. It's like, I can't get out. I don't know why, but I, it's a glitch and now I'm stuck.
1: You know, when you talk about it being kind of connected to like a, a horse harness, I think there might be something to that because I mean, it's so difficult to tell what it is because it goes by so quickly, but it almost looks like there's like, is somebody having a brace on their leg that he's like, Hey, let me help you out. And, <laughs> That up for you or you know does he have somebody who is i don't know does he have like a, a like a, a slave kind of thing where he's got somebody who's like on a leash that he's like i'm gonna carry you around with me you know who just happens to be here and hanging out like i don't know but there is some kind of like tugging leash motion yeah. there
2: i'm willing to go with the idea that the duke is sort of like this colonel kurtz level person where Mm-hmm. he's king crazy of all the crazies and so that means that like his version of order is that everyone gets to do whatever crazy thing they want as long as they don't kill him or some get in the way of his plans and since everybody in New York is now kind of nuts that just means like even in these like quiet moments this is almost like the Duke's version of like we're just going to sit around and watch a movie <laughs> So his version of sit around and watch a movie is they go to like a train station or something and fire a gun, and you know, if the kids watch, the kids watch or they get into a fight for no good reason, and they just do whatever they do. and And it's almost we're reading so much into this stupid little thing, but um it almost helps by the fact that no one pays attention to it. <laughs> yeah you know, like they could be barking, they could be doing anything, and the fact that nobody bats an eye, it's the same thing with like Romero. They're like the the normals, let's call them the the Hauks and the and those guys, whenever they see him, they have a reaction to them. But anybody on the inside probably just like, oh yeah, one of those guys. Like they don't react to how weird that guy is. So I feel like it's along those lines. Mm. But still, I don't know what they're yanking on.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, they're
0: uh, Go ahead.
1: Uh, no, no, no. You go ahead. No, no, no. Go, 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 go. Oh, there's just a couple of like, looks like hippies sitting down in the background. And so, you <laughs> yeah. know, you we were, well, you we were talking about like, hey, this is just kind of like a casual Friday night where we're going to get together and like watch a movie. Mm-hmm. This also, the tone of this kind of reminds me of like being in your early 20s and somebody is trying to like figure out how to play guitar. And so you have a couple of guys <laughs> on acoustic guitars. In a basement somewhere, and so you kinda want to give a shit, but you kind of don't give a shit. Uh-huh. You know, because you've got varying degrees of sobriety and it's like you want to be there, but you want to be supportive, but it's actually right. not that good. So it has that vibe to it for me.
2: I like that. <laughs> um, I get I get two Star Wars like feedbacks from this. One is earlier when uh, when Maggie and Brain are walking in, you hear the faraway cheers of like, hey, and then they come in and you hear, yay. And there's a part in Empire Strikes Back when they're on Hoth and the transports get off and they say the first transport is away and like all these non-actors kind of go, yay. And that's kind of what, <laughs> that's kind of what this reminds me of. But it also has a little of that sort of Jabba's palace thing, which I think Molly's mm-hmm. also, like what you're saying, was like, if... If somebody in Java's palace said like, I wrote a song and I'd like you to play it for you. This is about as well as it would go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you <it> a shot. <laughs> and then they send him not a trap.
1: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> I am sad that I, I'm glad this, this minute has a lot of characters even in it, even if it's just like glimpses of them. So I'm glad that I like, I got to see the president I got to see Maggie and Brain. I got to see Snake. I got to see the Duke. And I got to see Romero. Even if they're not... That means me talking about them is fair game for anything. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Maggie and Brain, they show up. And and the actual action going on here that actually matters as opposed to guy pulling horse... uh, (laughs) Is the Duke is using Snake's MAC-10 submachine gun. And at first, we're like, hmm, he's shooting at something. Uh I wonder what it is. And then we see, oh... He's having a little fun with the president here, shooting at him. And boy, the Duke's got great aim because those bullet holes are there's a few that are maybe like two inches away from where they would have hit the president. And he has not actually been hit. So the Duke's got impeccable aim or here and just scaring the crap out of the president.
2: Either that or he has little to no regard for the office of president of the United States of America.
0: Oh, I can't imagine that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no uh, uh so you said it's a mac 10 yeah what was it is this th- this might be out of your purview so dial me back but is that the same type of gun that shows up in pulp fiction
0: uh Ooh. actually i believe it is and you i remember believe,
2: that i can
0: f- confirm that in one second because i've been calling out the different weapons and that is sounding familiar the mac 10 yes it's yeah what Butch uses to shoot vincent in pulp fiction
2: I'm not a gun person, but I will say that's a pretty cool looking movie gun. Yeah, like yeah,
0: this 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 um, type of gun when it first showed up way way back near the beginning of the movie, uh, it, it's it's a pretty popular gun used in movies and TV shows.
2: Yeah, I can see why. Perfect and, for yeah. aiming near presidents.
0: Who, well, by the way, that the, that you know that guy was trying to hacksaw a few minutes ago. That briefcase still attached to the president's arm.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's the best deal money can buy. This yeah. is a mirror.
0: <laughs> and um, and uh, the the Mac Ten by the, way, the the Duke uses this gun now for the rest of the movie. Whenever you oh, see, oh
2: yes, it. he does. Yeah, yep. you're right. He uses Whoa. it
0: uh, as, when they're in the World well Trade Center. Yep, and he uses it in the final battle. So he he holds on to this sucker.
2: It doesn't seem like, and, I, and I, you guys could obviously correct me. I don't know how many guns are in the prison.
0: Oh, there's 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 the ones that Snake brings in. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think we see a gun in this movie except the one Snake brings in or the ones that the U.S. police force has.
2: So it's kind of interesting. They don't hit it over the head, but it's interesting to think that, like, that's another way that this mission really went south was you you went in to get the president. You didn't do that. You got captured and you gave the most dangerous guy your weapons. <laughs> like the one thing we had going for us was that they don't have projectile weapons and you just handed him this as cool as he looks it's going on your record snake yeah um i was gonna say something about the approach to this Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say john carpenter is really good at making movies and i think one this is one of those examples where it's just like It's not like a huge reveal, but it, but then it becomes a huge reveal. You start in that first room with snake and you hear noises and cheering and, and you could maybe think it was gunshots, but you're like, I don't know, but why are they cheering? And then we like go down that long hall. So now we know where it's coming from, but we still don't know what exactly is going on. Then we are are in there and we say, Oh, the Duke has his sweet, sweet movie gun. And he's firing it and the people are cheering as you're like, Oh, we got an answer. And then you get like just a little extra juice of an answer to show you. Yeah. He's shooting at the president. It's just like a solid. I'm really into like introductions, character introductions and those first moments when you see characters and stuff like that. And I know we've already seen the president at this moment or before this moment, but this is one of those things where it's just like, he's playing it exactly right where he wants you to see that card he wants you to see that card. And then he wants you to see this card. Like he, mm. this is very well designed in like not a slick way. You know, it's just like, that's just stuff that probably came second nature to him. It was like, oh yeah. And then we show that they're doing this. So we're like, yeah, but it, that helps in these moments. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm. I'm I think real it good. really uh, segregates Maggie and the brain as well. Sure. Because they, their energy is so different coming into this. This is such like a, hey, you know, Monty yeah. Python and the Holy girl, like, yay, <laughs> no, you know, no, so right. <laughs> such a different vibe. And you know, even though I, I feel like they're both dangerous people in their own right, they, they are still coming into something that's just like, mm, this isn't really who we are. Yes. So I feel like it does a good job of that, that they're already on the outs
2: no, you're right. That's good, too. And I even think part of that is even shown in just like that they weren't there immediately. Just little mm-hmm. movie language to be like, no, you have to walk to the level of the Duke and Romero and those guys. Like that's there is a distance, you know, between them. Um, it, it just little subtle things like that, I think, are, are effective for conveying exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um by the way, do we know where they are? Are they in like supposed to be in Grand Central Station or something?
0: Or yeah, I'm the the script actually <laughs> refers to it as Grand Central Station. You know, it's not said in the movie. Um, I think it's obvious that's what it's supposed to be with all the trains yeah. and it being in New York City. I mean, I called this out a few minutes ago that this looks absolutely nothing like Grand Central <laughs> Station, which is a giant building in, in Midtown. Yeah, and it more resembles one of the outdoor um, subway train. Uh, lots that exist. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah.
2: I'm fine. I don't, I, I, am not a native New Yorker, so I don't have that hang up, but I, <laughs> I I'm, but I like, but I, I, I mean, I got my hang ups too, but I like just at least the idea of just like it being so enormous, you know, there's, a, there's an importance that comes from just the fact that the Duke can command a house this large. Right. Even if he isn't using it all, it's like, well, I keep my prisoners over there, and then there's this long ass hallway, and then that's where I hang out. and then there's another huge hallway, and then other stuff's going on. You know, like that's that says something about him without having to speak it. So right. I, even if it yeah, even if it's not Grand Central Station actual Grand Central Station, I, I still get enough of the idea. And, and it's funny, I didn't even really put it together that it was a train station until very recently. But it kind of didn't matter because what really was conveyed was like, that's enormous. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know where they are, but it's huge.
0: And the dude commands so much respect. He has got a woman who's basically dressed like a geisha sitting behind him. And what is she doing? She is dabbing the back of his head with a washcloth, I guess, to soak up the sweat.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a prison mating dance. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and let's call out, let's call out everyone's favorite wacko of this movie, Romero here,
1: <laughs> because
0: uh, if you look closely at what he's doing with his left thumb,
1: mm-hmm. he's got
0: his hat on his knee, and there's like a feather in the hat, and he is stroking the feather like it's a pet. Yeah, this guy
2: Romero was—I I forget the actor's real name—but he's kind of like right. playing. Oh,
0: yeah, I Thing. yes like
2: Frank um he's playing it just reminded me just now of like val kilmer in tombstone mm. you know what i mean we're like mm-hmm. there's just some big choices going on here that i don't know how you got there but <laughs> keep it up just a little longer because it's going great and I, you know obviously he's not as prominent a role as doc holiday in that movie but it's but it feels like related to each other where there's just like this is more than this script called for in any oh yeah any regard and and even just in him just being around now elevates everything to just be like oh there's like everything's kind of creepy and crazy but it's like but the most creepy and crazy guy's here and he's just sitting there stroking the feather of a hat. I'm out of here.
1: Super cash
2: yeah super casual. Yeah when the scariest guy around is super casual that's when it's even that's when you really want to cut out <laughs> I am sad though talking about future minutes here, but I am sad that I'm not here for his amazing ability at taking off sunglasses by wrapping his hand around his head
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i've done it i've done I've tried it on
0: multiple occasions
2: on myself it's not as easy to do as gracefully as he pulls off
0: philip what's your uh you're obviously a huge fan of this movie what's what's your background with this movie oh i don't
2: like this movie no um (laughs)
0: Uh, I, i was
2: thinking about that in uh in preparation for this and i'm not sure exactly when the first time i saw it was but um i grew up in a small town in illinois and um when i was like college age i worked in a video store and i'm pretty sure that's when i saw it and that's definitely when i stared at the poster like on the on the vhs cassette so much um, I'm pretty sure that's when I saw it first. Um, and now, but that was also more along the lines of like, I'm just watching everything. I'm getting caught up on all the stuff I missed by not having sufficient cable in my house growing up. Um, so the first time I watched it, I, I don't think I thought much of it. I think I was probably confused by some parts. I hadn't seen anything quite like it with like such an antihero, antihero. Um, but then honestly, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. um, I came around to watch uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, mm-hmm. um, which also trades in in antiheroes and people who are like the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and double crosses and and weird characters who are just kind of there for the face. Um, and so in doing that, then somehow actually, I think it was because one of the, one of those movies has a special feature where they interview different people as you do. And John Carpenter's one of them. And so I started thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, Snake Plissken is kind of like related to the man with no name and then I explored it again. And then I kind of just kept exploring it. Um and by virtue of being Los Angeles, that means I'm a writer too. Um so I've been <laughs> I've been uh around people who've written scripts and you know, writers groups and stuff like that. And on multiple occasions I've I know more than once I've either said to someone, it needs to, you need to have, like, more of a John Carpenter type premise. Like, a, just a tight idea mm-hmm. that you can say, a la, you know, like, New York is now a prison, and they have, and the president's in there, you know, like, that, it, that's, it's so bold and, and kind of cheesy, but also great in how bold and cheesy it is. And I know on more than one occasion, I've told people, it was like, you could dial up the snake Plissken on this character, like, you know, 50%, or 70%. I I've I've just kind of come around to respect the craftsmanship of it so much um I've I've come to the point so I have a I have a young son at the at the, at the time of this recording he's 10 years old um and I used to tell him story he would ask for stories because kids ask for stories and um and I would tell him movie stories like truncated version and one that he repeatedly asked for was uh Escape from New York
1: um huh. uh,
2: and, and escape from LA which I can tell pretty well. There's like there's there's, uh, there's some special editing in there, but you know, you can still like <laughs> t- you can tell a story. But yeah, he he requested it because it's like he got even at I don't know how old he probably was. He was probably like 4 or 5 or something. So I'm not going into every detail at all, but he could still get it's one of those things they talk about in like writing books of like this is a premise that a caveman understands. The president fell into a giant city prison and they have to send a guy in to get him like yeah i get what's at stake um so i've kind of like i'm late to it i never saw it in the theater i still haven't um but i've but i've come around to it very hard in like the last i guess 10 years or a little more and then i got on then i got on this podcast and here we are so it all adds up
0: all right, the only other thing that I wanted to call out in this minute is mm-hmm. as much as we love the people saying yay, the very small part of me are annoyed by them because if it wasn't <laughs> for them, if it wasn't for them cheering yay, we would have been able to add another count to our dialogue list minutes. I, I was wondering
2: if you would count this.
0: Yeah. I was, I, yeah it, it's, it's it's people opening their mouths and making a legitimate word. like <laughs> I, I Making I, a legitimate I, word. I, I spent ten <laughs> seconds internally debating it and I said, no, I, I I can't count it.
2: Okay, so does Romero's like vampire hiss would that count as <laughs> a, did you, oh, I I, you I know I know there's there was dialogue around that, but I yeah, mean would was. you have counted In, that?
0: No, because that is a a primal noise i agree (laughs) i agree i will
1: say i I really enjoy romero's armband here yeah because it kind of looks like a red solo cup used for beer (laughs) that's been cut up and spray painted yeah you're right (laughs) (laughs) that's the great thing
2: about this too and here's me again just kissing john carpenter's ass but there's (laughs) there's even like a nice just like it's an I don't want to say it's easy, but there is this low budget angle to be like: if that is just a solo cup that he painted on there, it's totally within the world.
1: Yes, it, yes. it totally
2: makes sense. Um, have you guys? Have you guys seen? Have you guys? Have you guys seen uh, a movie that came out about five years ago called uh, "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night"?
1: No, no. Uh,
2: I highly recommended it. I highly recommend it. Sorry, super drunk. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Um, it is, it is the best, uh, Iranian vampire story you're ever going to see. Um, so it's, it's real moody and there's lots of silence. So, you know, I'm there, but it's, it's really low budget. It was black and white. Um, and, but it reminds me of something that was inspired by, uh, John Carpenter and especially Escape from New York where, Like, the premise is that they're in this place, they just call it Bad City, and it's clearly just some, it's some place out here in California, but it's like some desert town where they didn't have to dress it down too much, or just kind of like, uh, everything's kind of junky, so we're just going to go with it. And it sort of all fits in that anything that shows up, any bit of trash, you're just like, ooh, yeah, that's, that fits. And it reminds me of, of that exactly, where it's like, yeah, if, as long as it's kind of yeah, you pop out a lens of glasses or you put a solo cup on your arm or whatever. It's like, it, they've almost come to this point in the movie where like anything fits as long as it's not super slick. Anything's fine.
0: Mm. It all helps. Yeah. We've, we've often talked how much we love the accessorizing in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. It, there's yeah, there's a lot of accessorizing snakes. Got a lot of accessories. Even how has his little stupid earring. <laughs> <laughs> got them. Um, I wanted to point out something about the, I think it's early on. So when uh, Red Bandana leaves, mm-hmm. he's replaced in frame by another guy. I swear that looked like Richard Petty, who was like an old NASCAR race driver. Do you know who Richard Petty is? Uh,
0: yeah, hmm? I do. Let me. Uh, yeah. Oh, the guy in the hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy look who
2: like... looks exactly like Richard Petty. Yes, for a second does. there, I'm like, did Richard <laughs> was he like friends with John
0: Carpenter? <laughs> Sure, I'll push I, in the move. I think he looks more just like early 80s guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: early yeah, early 80s guy, loves Coors beer, just happened to stroll on by.
0: Bit of, bit of a, a John Oates look to him.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Uh, all right, anyone else got anything else for this minute?
2: I want to check my notes. Um, I Okay, so I covered the glasses that I don't get to see. Oh, yeah, I did have something else because I didn't get to talk about, uh, and I'll do it fast, but... Um, Oh crap! What's Brain's real name? Harold. No, uh, I mean the actor's name. Oh, uh,
0: Harry De- Harry Dean Stanton.
2: Excellent answer, but I was at Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> um, so obviously he's amazing and super awesome. Um, so there was two other weird things with him that I have come to notice. Was one, he's wearing that long jacket, right? Um, I think it's like the it's called a duster, and the duster is this. Uh, so like seminal movie coat that was in Sergio Sergio Leone's once upon a time in the West. And so I got to think that as big a fan as Carpenter was of those movies, that that's like, just like a little nod to that, that element of Western. And then, so that's number one. And number two, uh, Harry Dean Stanton has a weird footnote in, uh, a fistful of dollars, which also relates to something that you guys have been talking about with this movie. When Fistful of Dollars was going to be screened on TV, the censors, or whoever, were nervous because, oh, here's this like, anti-hero character who shows up and you know just shoots people for no good reason. He's not a hero. So they filmed a scene where Clint Eastwood's character is told, basically by the law, you got to go in there to this town, this lawless town, and clean him up. And... Mm. And it's it reminds me of what I guess is the cut opening scene of this of Escape from New York, where like, yeah, it explains things. It does not help one bit. (laughs) So in in my mind, my own like filmmaking uh, backstory is Harry Dean Stanton showed up for the for this movie Escape from New York And he's talking to John Carpenter, and he's like, oh, we got this scene where, like, there's a bank robbery and stuff like that. And he's like, look, man, I was part of this once. It sucks. I don't think you should do it. And He's like, good point, Harry Dean Stanton. And then (laughs) the movie's way better for it in a less is more kind of way. Hmm. No, but I'm glad I got to see Harry Dean.
0: All right. Well, uh, remind everyone, then, uh, where they can find you on your own podcasts.
2: You can find me on my own podcasts. Um, you can find me uh, talking about music and other things uh, specifically Ramones music on Ramones of the day The well it's not the only Ramones podcast anymore it was when we started um, someone in Argentina has started one um, but we're an alphabetical uh, music podcast so if you thought movies by minute was interesting this one you go through a band's entire, entire catalog ABC so we start, yeah. from, we start from 53rd and 3rd going all the way to the word zero covering the ramones entire catalog
1: um
2: and then i also have a comedy podcast called superpunk radio uh where it promises non-stop music but instead is actually three or four minutes of uh fake commercials all so right you can check
0: those out awesome so philip thank you very much for joining thank us you. yesterday and today
2: thank you for letting me blab on and on about this movie (laughs) you and 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 thank you for doing this too i i honestly found this the like the cold call way where i was curious if there was a podcast about escape from new york because i wanted to think about escape from new york and sure as hell there was and so thank you so much for doing this it's it's a lot of fun thank you
1: thank
0: you very much of course um let's let's promote our contest here well uh, before we sign off for the day uh remember if you email us escape from new york minute at gmail.com and you send us a photo of anything involving chock full of nuts whether it's out in public or in the privacy of your own home and molly and i like the best one that we get we'll bring you on you'll you'll join us for a minute one minute of the closing credits here you gotta have skype you can't have been a guest and uh you gotta be available probably late November to come on so let's let's get those photos coming in let's see what we can get send as many as you want we'd love to see it and uh chat with us on facebook while you're at it in brains library the escape from new york minute hangout chat with us on twitter just like philip did at ny minute pod Uh, subscribe to us give us a good rate and review make us all happy and until then be on time stay out of the sewers and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall